Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Title Side, Chicago Title, Oklahoma's podcast. Today, we're lucky enough to have David Dirk Schneider. Welcome, David. Glad yeah. you could be with us. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited. My co-host, Ken McBride. You know, it's a birthday week for Ken. Happy birthday to you. We Happy had a birthday. fun celebration yesterday, uh, a little breakfast. It was good to see you. It's, it's good to get out of the house. <laughs> it is good to get out of the house and to do so safely and to take adequate precautions, of course. Yes. But um, but we're delighted to have David with us today. And uh, David, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got into the real estate industry. Sure. So uh, like I said, David Dirk Snyder, I'm with a, a company called Price Edwards & Company. Uh, we're a local commercial real estate company, I, actually the largest commercial real estate company here in Oklahoma City. Um, I specifically work with multifamily, so I run our multifamily investment uh, division. Um, work the way I kind of describe it, I work with private capital clients, so you know, private owners of apartment complexes, typically fifty to hundred units and up. Um, I got started, I guess, about sixteen years ago. I started working for a private owner that owned a, a large portfolio of apartments and uh, managed his whole whole portfolio. And I uh, did that for a few years. And I say I kind of got my Ph.D. in apartments, just really learned the inside, ins and outs of them, um, in, which has been very helpful in my apartment brokerage side because I kind of speak that language. And my clients know that I really understand it uh, after kind of being in their shoes for so many years and learned how to, you know, how to operate them, what to look for when buying them and selling them. Um, and then just one day, I, you know, I was working on deals and helping you know buyers and sellers on our properties and seeing the settlement statement so many times, I was like, man, I'm on the wrong side of this deal. And, <laughs> and uh, with the blessing of the the guy that I worked for, I, I switched over and, and uh, uh, went to the brokerage side. And actually one of the first uh, deals that I sold that was over hundred units was one of his. And so I uh, switched over and, and I'm, I'm glad I did it. I mean, it was, it was nerve wracking to go from a you know salary job to commission job, but I, I, I'm glad I did it. I love this business. Uh, it's, it's truly, I tell people all the time that, uh, I, I don't look at it as work. I, I enjoy what I do. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a unique opportunity to be able to do that. So. <clears throat> it's such a must uh, for quality of life. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is. Um, so tell us, what are what are some big challenges that the commercial world world is facing in 2020? You know, obviously, the, you know, the gorilla in the room, you know, with, with the COVID uh, pandemic going on, um, you know, we... We were fortunate that we didn't see any actual deals completely fall apart, right? So we saw every deal we had went on went on pause. I mean, it just right. said, "Hey, hold on, we're not doing anything. We're just going to wait," and nothing moved forward. Uh, but none of our deals actually fell apart so far. You know, we still have a couple of deals that were under contract before, still kind of hanging on. You know, but but what we did notice is nothing happened. Like no new deals, no new activity. Everybody just kind of took a break. And so, you know, we're looking at our goals for the year and saying, you know, essentially we just we just chopped out a quarter. I mean, whatever our goal right. was for the year, one quarter's gone. And then depending on how long it takes to ramp back up, I mean, we're possibly going to have a, an, about another half quarter lost. I mean, so it's going to be a significant, you know, different year than what we originally expected. Um, but with the, the bright side, I mean, we're starting to see things pick back up. I mean, people are sticking their heads back out. I mean... There is activity. I mean, we've, we've got new deals going, new deals under contract. Um, buyers are looking. You know, the, the interesting, the difficult part is getting people to actually travel to come in town to, to look right. at properties. Uh, the one thing I should say, the, the majority of the clients that we have are out-of-state owners. Uh, the large, uh, 
it's about 60% of apartments in Oklahoma, or I think it's 65% of apartments in Oklahoma are owned by out-of-state owners. Wow. And so, you know, for those people to come in town and, and look at our properties, they've got to be able to travel. And right. a lot of people are still afraid to fly right now. I think it's, I saw on the news yesterday, yesterday was the highest uh, growth day this year for the airlines that they had really started seeing activity. And, and the more that picks up, I think right. the more it'll help us. I mean, right before this happened, we just announced that Oklahoma City was going to have direct flights to New York, which was great for our market. I mean, in the past, we had truly had New York investors say, I wouldn't invest in Oklahoma because I can't get a direct flight. Wow. And so, you know, I was excited when we when we were finally getting direct flights to New York. And so, and then all this happened. And so, yeah, but I think, like I said, it's, it's going to slowly start picking back up, uh, you know, Activity will start start to resume, and and we're starting to see that again. The new normal, though, I mean, it, it, that's still yet to be kind of determined. I mean, I think there's there's going to be you know some new pricing, but you know I, I don't know what that is yet. I mean, everybody, my clients are asking me that all the time, and I say it's still a little too early to tell. Um, right now, I mean, the few deals that we have put under contract, they're not all that different in in terms of pricing than than pre COVID, but you do have, I mean, people still are a little more. Uh, cautious, and so I think that cautious tends that caution tends to lead to you know a, a little l- lower pricing on deals, um, as well as I've heard you know syndicators that, that have investors that bring them money that, that they're wanting a little higher return to get their money out of uh, out of the the their savings account to invest in it, and so if if they're requiring that, then typically you're going to have to have a little higher cap rate on deals, and but we're hearing it, but we're not seeing it yet. So right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You know, as the next quarter comes along, you know where that translates into pricing. But um, but but the, the good thing is we are seeing activity and it is picking back up. I mean that's that's, that's what we're excited about. You know, I think in the commercial arena, most of the discussion uh, on the post COVID world uh, has centered on retail and office properties. Uh, and it's fairly obvious how how to imagine how those would be impacted. What type of impact uh, in the post-COVID world do you see for the multifamily world? You know, luckily, multifamily has been pretty resilient. So, you know, and although I'm not, you know, I do just apartments, I still talk on a regular basis with our, you know, our counterparts in our office that do retail and office and 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 retail is a completely different story. I mean, they're 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 hurting right now. I mean, they're you know, a lot of. I mean, you can read in the paper. I mean, national tenants just not paying rent. I mean, right. uh, wanting abatements, wanting you know to to skip uh, payments altogether. I mean, heck, I don't know if you saw in the paper, California is looking at passing a bill right now that will allow any employee or employer under five hundred employees to essentially. Uh, not have to pay rent until the end of next year, if if the COVID, if COVID goes that long, allow them to uh, renegotiate or even terminate their lease with their landlord. So Ooh. it's essentially saying, you know, we have no no sympathy for landlords. You know, Mm-mm. it's all it's all to the to the small businesses. You know, and 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 granted, I mean, you need to have something to help small businesses. But what I think they're missing is that. Not all landlords are greedy, you know, institutional investors. There's there's landlords that are, you know, small mom and pops that are living paycheck to paycheck just as well. And so, right. you know, it, it, I think you know. Then the point was, you know, the, the the retail side and that office side, they're hurting. Is I mean, they're they're hurting pretty bad. Um, but on the multifamily side, rents, you know, last month I think the the, the latest numbers that came out by National Multi Housing Council 
Uh, rents were only about 5% uh, lower than, than expected. I mean, so, it, I mean, if, if only 5% of the tenants are not paying rent, that that's, that's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. And so, and we're expecting that to continue to, to improve and um, barring another, you know, big round of COVID, I, I think the apartment industry is going to be pretty much, I mean, we'll be pretty resilient and be able to, to get through this. So, Dave, tell me how you use technology in your business. How does it help you? Uh, maybe specific products that you kind of latch onto, and explain that. Sure. Um, so, you know, I mean, technology obviously is. I mean, it's a big part. I, I think. I mean, and it's it's all depends on just how you use it. Um, you know, I mean, as granular as I mean, you know, our contact management system. I mean, you know, we use a, a, a different. Uh, uh, what are they? Uh, the financial analysis tools. Uh, we have a system called Red IQ that we use that we underwrite uh, our properties with. Our our contact management is Client Look. It's a just a it's a commercial real estate specific CRM tool that we use. Um, you know, and then you know just our our social media kind of branding and marketing. We're trying to get a lot more active with that. You know, uh, LinkedIn is really seems to be the right. best when it comes to to business. You know, we had a Facebook page, but it just for the apartment side, it just didn't really right. seem to do yeah, much. I mean, I we we spent some money on that, and it just it didn't really take off. But uh, LinkedIn seems to do pretty well. Um, you know, we're starting to do a kind of a video blog series, and and have gotten nice. some interest in that. Um, I also, I do some coaching, uh, I coach other commercial real estate brokers throughout around the country. I have about eight guys that I coach through this organization, um, uh, called the Mosmo group. And, and we're real big on kind of harnessing that, uh, that you doing social media and branding and marketing. And so that's a big part of, of, of us trying to use that in our business as well. Um, and so it's, it's a big part of, like I said, just getting out there. Market presence is what we call it. The more, in theory, the more market presence you have, the more people know you, the least effort you have to put into prospecting and going out there and trying to find business. I mean, obviously you'll never have to stop going out prospecting, but the more presence you have, the easier it is to prospect. Sure. Sure. Let me ask you something. And, and you, you kind of made me think of this by mentioning coaching, but, um, just uh, if you could go back in time to the younger David Dirkschneider, when you were first getting into the business, what advice would you give the younger David Dirkschneider? Uh, I wish I could do that, man. <laughs> I really do. Because I'll tell you, that it, what I did was the wrong way. So, you know, I, for the first 12 years, or really 13 years, I, I went it on my own. You know, I was... David Dirksner on my own, no team, no nothing, and made a lot of mistakes, tried to figure it out, um, you know, and I look back and I saw, that, you know, there were a couple guys that <clears throat> kind of latched on to a senior broker and learned under them and and really, you know, because of that, they kind of catapulted their career a lot quicker. Um, I wish I had done that. Um, and I had the opportunity. I just, you know, at the time I thought, that's eh, not a big deal. I'm, I'm fine where I'm at. Um Without a doubt, I think anybody young getting into this business, that is the number one thing you have to do. Find somebody that is good, uh, get under them, let them mentor you, come in. Who cares if you're taking a small split? Who cares if you think, well, I've, you know, I, I don't, I don't need them to show me what to do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, it's just that simple. Um, and if you can come in and you can get someone to show you the ropes and, and, you know, teach you the business, you will, I mean, your, your career trajectory will 
happens so much faster. I mean, that's that's the number one thing I wish I would have done. Uh, and then the number two thing is is I, I think I would have gotten a coach so much sooner. Yeah. I mean, and you know, and I don't care if you're new to the business or if you're a forty year veteran. There's always a place for a coach because you can always improve. Well, I think it's mentality. Well, you know? yeah. Tell us more about that. About you know, uh, you seem to think coaching is valuable both in the giving and in the in the receiving. Why? Uh, tell us more about that. Sure. So you know, so I, I, I on both sides. So I I do have a coach where I I get coached myself, but I also coach. Um, other brokers and and I, I coach other brokers not for the money because frankly the the money I make on the coaching is very minimal. I mean I I, it, I make far more of my time uh, in the real estate than I do on the coaching. But but I specifically coach because I'm a big believer in when you teach you learn. I mean when if in just as a kind of a, a direct example I'm, I'm I don't like hypocrites right. And so if I'm sitting here telling you know my members that I coach like hey you need to be doing this. You need to be calling these people. You need to be doing this marketing and you need to be doing this and getting out in front of these people. And if I'm not doing that myself, then I'm a hypocrite and, and, and I can't stand that. So the more I'm pushing them in turn, the more I'm pushing myself as well. It's an, it's amazing how much I've learned from my members that I'm coaching them, you know, on just on a, a, a regular basis when I'm coaching them and, and hearing their struggles and working through their problems um, I, I learn so much just by helping them out with that, and it, and it's it's truly uh, about three years ago is whenever I started coaching, and my business has has just shot up, and and I just my uh, the way it's structured and my clarity and uh, just the way it feels has gotten even better because of that, and so it's it's something that's become a big part of 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 my business, and and it, it's something that I recommend for anybody. Yeah. Speaking of mentors, did you have a mentor? You know, and I didn't, and that's going back to, I wish that I did. When I say uh, I didn't have a, like a senior broker that I looked up to now I had, I'd say a mentor. I mean, I had a couple clients that were owners that, that I was close to. Um, and I would consider them kind of my mentors that, that, um, that I, that I would, go to for advice and, and look towards. And so I guess I, I do consider them mentors. Now, now I do have a mentor and a coach. Right. Um, but back, you know, like you had said in the beginning, had I talked to myself then I didn't then. And that's the one thing I would have changed. So I'm, I've thought about you being on this podcast and Ken and I've actually talked about this. I, I, and it's an important question for our future and, and your future. Where do you see Oklahoma city in five years from now? It's a good question. Um, I see Oklahoma City in five years, you know, e- even stronger. I mean, obviously, you know, the big caveat to that is, you know, um, you know, how the economy kind of goes. I mean, there, you know, whether that's, you know, oil prices and just the, the, the COVID's kind of uh, impact on the national economy. With that said, I, I think things are going to work this, their way out. I mean, they, they kind of always do, you know, and five years is also a long time. You, you can usually get through another cycle by then. Um, assuming also, you know, our local uh, uh, government kind of continues to be pro-business and move forward with, with MAPS 4 and, mm-hmm. and and just keeps all that going I mean, the way it's been. Don't you get the feeling that it's going to do that? I, I hope so. I mean, I, you know, there's more resistance than there used to be. I mean, there's some people say, you know, it's it's – 
you know, you hear sometimes people saying it's time to let maps go, and I'm like, what do you, what, why? Yeah, have you seen why the would results? You, why would you stop something that's been so successful? Right. It makes no sense. Yeah. But but assuming that it does, I mean, I think I think Maps Four is going to be amazing. Um, and and I, I will say I'm kind of biased on that. On Maps Four, um, it's there's a a large component of that that's going to go towards housing and mental health, and so it, it, kind of a side piece, you know, uh, it, 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 as well as you know being involved. Um, I mean, in my business, I'm also the uh, the, the president elect or the incoming president for the Mental Health Association in Oklahoma. And so Excellent. we're going to get a portion of that MAPS4 money to uh, build, renovate, uh, and uh, reposition some uh, uh, affordable and transitional or homeless transitional housing here in Oklahoma City. So the MAPS4, we're really excited about. Oh, you've got to uh, tell us some more about that. That's super interesting. Sure. But and so to the point that I think MAPS4 is going to have a huge impact on moving Oklahoma City forward. And I, and I think that there's going to be a lot more that kind of catapults from that. Um, but the, so on, on the mental health association, I mean, it's, uh, you know, what got me involved in that initially is I met them, they were looking at buying an apartment complex in Oklahoma city. And I've, I've done a lot of work with the housing authority for years. And, uh, they were looking at a project to partner with the housing authority. And, um, when meeting with their director of housing, he, we were just talking one day and he said, yeah, we have a goal to end veteran homelessness. And I was like, huh, well, it, and something I didn't say, I think you guys knew I'm, I, I, I spent seven and a half years in the Marine Corps, and so I'm, I'm a veteran. And so um, the his you know goal to end veteran homelessness really kind of caught my attention. And I was like, hey, I, I, I could get on board with that. I like that. Tell me more about that. And so we started talking, and, and uh, it got me really interested in the Mental Health Association. And so uh, I ended up getting involved in their housing committee and, and you know, got more and more involved. And uh, then eventually asked me to get involved with the board. And so the more and more I got involved and uh, and then eventually, well, then last year they asked me if I'd uh, uh, be the president-elect. And then so coming in 2021, I'll be the uh, the president for the Mental Excellent. Health Association. Excellent. And so it's it's a great organization. Um, so it's, needed. It's, it's really, their their presence in Tulsa is really strong. We have about 2,000, well, 1,700 apartments in Tulsa. Um, and we have what's called a housing first philosophy. So that the, you essentially, the thought is if, if somebody's living on the streets, um, it's really hard to get them off substance abuse or mental health, uh, uh, you know, treatment, right? I mean, if, if someone's living on the streets and you say, you know, hey, you need to fix that substance abuse problem or, or you have mental health issues, they really don't want to fix it. I mean, they're living on the street, right? And so, it, but if you put them in a home, you know, you get them shelter, a true home, the place they can call home, right. then they, they have a purpose and then they want help. Self-worth. Yeah. They have and some so, self-worth. Exactly. And so that's, so that's our kind of our goals. We put them in a, uh, give them a home first and then, and then get them treatment and, and ultimately try to get them back to being just normal part of society. Um, and so we have about 1600 units in Oklahoma city and then, uh, uh, another about a hundred units in Oklahoma city, as well as we have money already earmarked in Oklahoma city to buy more units. And, and we're working on expanding Oklahoma city quite a bit more right now. That's so, amazing. Yeah. It's well, a, it's a great organization for me. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Uh, I have a grandfather that is no longer with me, but he was a purple heart recipient in world war II as a Marine. So that's awesome. Yes, absolutely. A lot of respect for that. David, is there anything uh, anything else about you that you'd like to share with us, or that you've, you've got you'd some like surprises to... today? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I got a lot of surprises. <laughs> hey, well, we, you know, we just are trying to get to know you better. What is there anything else about you that you'd like to share, or like to like for us to know? Yeah, I'll drop one more big surprise. It always makes everybody like, whoa. 
I have six kids. Holy cow. <laughs> I always say that because everybody's just blown away. They don't get that. It's, and, and the only way I can go is I have a beautiful, amazing wife, Chris Nozier, and she 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 has a full time job taking care of our house and her family, and she does an amazing job at that. But um, she may but, have the harder of the two jobs oh, by far. <laughs> I, I I couldn't do it. This in this whole staying home thing, it gave me a lot more respect for that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was difficult. Yes. I think it's given a lot of people different perspective. Yeah, on a lot of different things. Very much. Uh, well. Uh, David, we appreciate you taking the time to to be with us, and we we tend to wrap up uh, most of these sessions by asking the question: What do you look for in a title company? You know, two big things I really like, um, and and you know, and not intended to just say you know, hey, huge Chicago title, but really, why I like you guys. I mean, is the customer service when when you know. When I have something that I need done, I mean, I want a response. I mean, I like if I've got a client that's asking something, or if I've got a transaction pending and I need an answer to something, I hate it. And I've had this experience with other title companies where I just can't get somebody to return a call or an email, and it's so frustrating. It's like, hey, I, I need an answer. This is an important issue, and uh, and to to have you know prompt responses, and and I always get that. Um, I mean, even and I don't expect it on a night or a weekend, but even Don, Don or Chris Lancer on nights and weekends. Um, but that's one big issue. And then just just always being there. I mean, uh, you know, they they're great about just you know always being there. You know, when we need something, you know, being involved in different events that we put on, and just being around and supportive. And that's 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 big. Excellent, excellent. I'm going to say it again. Thank you for your service. Thank you. I'm going to say it to our listeners. Please, in 2020, stay safe. And always remember, it really does make a difference where you close. <laughs>